0: Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer, with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me is Ellie Mistal, who is... Cold! Cold. Yeah, it's uh, it's chilly here today as we're recording. It's in the twenty degree window. Feels
1: like twelve, I believe, is the last uh, readout I got.
0: You know, it, it, I mean, it's it's balmy. Yeah, um, yeah. It,
1: it this this is this is horrible European weather. It always shocks me that at some point, some kind of ancient man who had been walking for a very long time got to here and was like, "Yeah, this will do." Yeah. Like why stop walking? Like go go back towards the sun, young man. In any event. This is usually the podcast where I bitch about weather cuz it's the this is the first real cold snap. Um and so this is usually the show where I grind my gears about the weather, but okay. I'm not going to I'm going to going to go against type slightly. All right. It'll still be weather related. Okay. But the thing that's pissing me off today particularly is the horrible practice of upstreaming Oh, yes. No, you actually previewed this with me yesterday. Yeah. So it, for for the uninitiated, for basically for people don't live in New York or maybe D.C., Chicago, um, upstreaming is the practice where you walk towards the traffic. You know, in New York, we have one way streets. You walk towards the flow of traffic so that you can get ahead of somebody who has been previously established on a corner hailing a cab, so the cab will get to you first, right? Mm -hmm. You are, and it's it's done, upstreaming is done intentionally. I'm not talking about a person who comes out of their building, which happens to be in the middle of the block, and hails a cab right outside their building. Now, I happen to be a particularly good person when I am in that situation. I look behind me. To make sure that I am not upstreaming somebody, but I understand if you can't reach my moral level. Like if you if you're just walking out of your building and you're gonna hail a cab right at your stoop, I understand that. Upstreaming is when you are behind me, you have to walk past me as, as I'm visibly hailing a cab, so that you can hail the cab right. in front of me. Right, right. That, That's the practice. huh. it's. I think even from my description, you can tell how horrible it is and how. The people who do this should probably go directly to hell. But yesterday, last night.
0: So hold on, real quick. This may be confusing to most of our listeners because everybody else in the world started using Uber and Lyft a long time ago. But in New York, we can still hail cabs on the
1: street. Just thought I'd clear that out. Excellent point. (laughs) That was a very subtle way of okay boomering me. I didn't think it was subtle. (laughs) Last night, this motherfucker, white man, I should add, and that will become important not just upstream like brushes past me on a 20 degree night to upstream me 10 paces ahead of me. I can't express my frustration correctly. Like the, like the violent thoughts I had during this period of time where this man had walked in front of me and then was standing with his back. I mean, his but then he put his back towards me. Right. I could have done anything to that man. Many of which would have gotten me arrested Yet justifiably so. The the racial component here, of course, and it's not about the man's race, right? It's about mine. Like right. I happen to be an African-American male in New York City. It is difficult for me to get a cab. And if you don't know that, you need to like go read something, you know, or educate yourself, right? Like it is hard enough for me to get a cab that you're going to – when you are going to upstream me, like that just that just makes everything in my life harder in that moment. And you as a white man have got to know that and And have got to like account for whether not only do you want to do this kind of very obviously poor etiquette thing, but also like bring racial unhappiness to my life in that moment because you need the cab so goddamn badly.
0: You know, this goes back to years ago. I was initially not a fan of, uber lyft sorts of situations i felt like they were trying to cut in on the cab business and those folks uh but you actually wrote a piece back then that i thought was very prescient about how those ride hailing organizations would actually end up being better from a race perspective and obviously it's turned out that there were some hiccups along that way (laughs) but at the time your point was being able to say i need to go to the upper east side pick me up here And here I am was a value uh, that you didn't have to face Drivers trying to avoid you for whatever reason. It
1: still is, and it's still one of yeah. the reason w- reasons why I don't have a ton of sympathy for the taxi cab limousine commission for the ge- for the g- general taxi, caber, mm-hmm. taxi cab drivers unions around the country yeah. who are being displaced by Uber and Lyft. If they offer better services, maybe they wouldn't be displaced quite so easily, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons why I think it's very easy to displace cabbies is not because of just the the, the obvious convenience of being able to. To order your own ride. It is because in many cities for African American and Latino people, especially men, like it's it is so much easier um, to be able to get a to be able to get a ride without having to deal with some of the racial bullcrap that the taxi cabs usually bring to you. Now, obviously, as you say, there've been some hiccups. Right. Obviously, I'm kind of hyper aware that I'm focusing this on the male issue mm-hmm. um, because certainly women have their own set of you know, right. Real, right. Uh, uh, horrible problems. There's are a series of right.
0: intersectional issues here. Right. Go
1: on. Yeah. Um, and I would also point out that I do not get as angry. I, I don't like it, but I don't get as angry when a woman, even a white woman upstreams me for, for some of these intersectional reasons. Also, you know, like Chivalry is not completely dead. Like I, I, I whatever, like I, I, can, hey. I can, I can, I can talk myself into being upstream by a woman. A white man upstreaming me. To the victor go the
0: spoils. You know, you, is you, just, if, if you're willing to take those steps, you could have just kept walking and gone ahead of
1: him. Right. I mean, that's 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 <laughs> th- that's the marketplace. That's that's yeah. the Republican marketplace yeah. solution, right? Yeah. Like, and again, I also could have tackled him if I was willing to to continue walking. I easily could have brushed past him myself. If he tried to brush past me again, it wouldn't have been that hard for me to like let le- leave a foot hanging out there so he trips on his freaking ass. Like I had. I had some street options mm. at that point. Yeah. But morally in F and and an etiquette sense, I found this person to be particularly rude. So I did the 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 most New York thing I could do in that moment. I screamed, turns out you're the asshole as he w- walked by me. I don't know if he, I mean, he heard me because I'm loud, but like, I don't know if it registered. Um, but it made me feel slightly, warm, warm me up a little bit on that cold night. Um, Upstreaming is bad, folks. Please... Please don't do it to black people. It's just life is tough enough. You know, take your time in the cab line that has the pop-up cab line and be a decent person. There was one time, actually. This is not Mm – I'm done with the grinding, but I just want to tell this story. I'm standing in – so outside of Grand Central Station, there is an actual cab stand. It is rare that you need to take a cab from Grand Central to anywhere because the subways are right there, too. But a lot of times tourists are there and – um, I'm there one time for whatever reason. It's like ten people deep because there really aren't any cabs. And this white girl, I mean, she couldn't have been older than twenty-five, tried to upstream the entire cab stand. And for a moment, I feared for her safety. Because <laughs> the, the immediate like vitriol and anger that came from like 10 random strangers at this white girl who had her head in her phones was I'm she was surprised. I I, I mean, screaming, cursing, just like. Not, not, not anything sexual, thank God, but violent. Yeah. Like, like, like for real, like I'm going to rip your arms off violence from like old ladies, you know, who clearly like we're just trying to get to Brooklyn. I have not read police reports about yeah. upstreaming crimes, but I would not be surprised Thanks. to read one.
0: Law and order upstream unit.
1: Right. Um, one of these days, one of you upstreamers is going to pay kind of the ultimate price. Yeah. For, your, for your breach of etiquette, but I mean,
0: you know, we also have to put ourselves in their shoes. Maybe they needed to get home quickly for some reason. Um, like maybe maybe there was something there that they needed to do, like feed a pet. See, that's know? my thing. Like, like, I mean, because
1: sometimes you need to worry about your pets. This is my issue with general traffic problems, though. Like, the roads are shared spaces, right? public transport is shared space the thought that any one person's problem is better is more important the problem that you're facing is more important than the problem that any other person that you're sharing that space with is facing it's just it's just the height of freaking hubris right yeah you don't know what other people are going through you don't know why other people need to get home you don't know maybe that woman is walking slowly because she's got a limp yeah. You know, maybe that person is walking slowly because they've got, you know, cancer. Like, you don't know what the hell is going on with other people. And so just the morally safe thing to do is just to be frickin' decent, right? Yeah, It's not actually hard. And if you get home two minutes later than you would have, like, you can probably suck it up. I mean, you can, but
0: maybe maybe your, your poor pet can't. Maybe there's other solutions to that, which is why today's episode is brought to you by your turtle. He's very oh, mad at you. God. And thinking about picking up its shell and moving away. All because you're still at the office slogging through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, keep your pet, and work smarter with Logical, an e discovery software that gets you started in minutes. Come out of your shell. Create your free account today at logical.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K C U L L dot com forward slash ATL.
1: Why were you talking about Pets, Joe? Oh, that's yeah. why you were talking yeah. about
0: pets. Yeah, no, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. I was setting up, yeah. The, the, yeah.
1: Turtles t- today?
0: Turtle was today, yeah. It was the first one I could come up with because I have resisted the urge that has been brought up before of do I have a book of animal puns? I don't. I, I just come with the inspiration as it hits me.
1: <laughs> it has to be organic. It does. What are we talking about today?
0: That's a
1: great question.
0: <laughs> uh, so we, we'll be clear. I mean, you all, I think, are – smart enough to have worked this out, if you're listening to this episode in real time, you know that there's a holiday about to happen, and for that reason it's a little hard to have a schedule of guests or anything like that, because nobody wants to come on during the holiday. So we're here just having basically an impromptu holiday party in our office, and we're just chatting with you about things Cheers. that are going on. Yes, indeed. Happy New Year's. Yes, we're indeed.
1: we Lights, because that was provided for us free by our employer. Yeah. Um, the other problem that we're having, of course, is that that, there's obviously big news going on. Uh-huh. And we do not know where that news is going to be by the time you listen to this. Um, which, which, of course, what he's talking about
0: is the potential canceling of our free trade deal with Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> those who have not been keeping up, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has had on its website for months now an explanation that one of our free trade partners is the nation
1: of Wakanda. Which is not real. It is that is the made up nation in the Black Panther movie. I would imagine that it would be lucrative for the United States to have a partnership with Wakanda, given its monopoly over the stock of vibranium in the world. Right. But since none of that exists, yeah, for the USD to actually have it up technically on technically
0: a supply of vibranium in the Savage Land in Antarctica. That's a <laughs> deep cut, but we'll put that to one side. Uh, anyway. Somehow the Trump administration has been celebrating its free trade deal with Maconda this whole time.
1: It's just like that time when like X amount of Trump voters or whatever believe that Agrabah was like a real place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the city in Aladdin. Like it, it, wh- where where the ignorant, what it comes from is is obviously ignorance um, about any place that is not America, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Americans are kind of historically almost proudly ignorant about world affairs and other countries and especially when you get to other countries that are predominantly uh, populated by brown people um americans feel almost entitled to not know shit um, about those places and that is partially why you get people who really do believe that agrabah is a real place or really do believe that you can have a trade deal with wakanda or 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 this ridiculous
0: it is a bizarre paradox that a country that is very very proud of its superpower status over the rest of the world is populated by folks who refuse to care what's going on in the rest of the world like the same people who don't want to know what's going on anywhere else would be very annoyed if we weren't prepared to go interject ourselves into all sorts of international affairs but
1: we think we can run every play ourselves without knowing their names yeah I want to get to this Larry Tribe argument. And again, look, we understand. I don't know where, where the ground is going to be by the time you guys listen listen to this. But, but Harvard Laws, very In tried. real time, yesterday, the president of the United States was impeached. Kind of a big deal. No kidding? Um, Yeah. Uh, he's still <laughs> president, though. Oh. As I'm sure we know, the articles of impeachment now move on to the Senate, Ooh, where, where, where Trump awaits a full trial or do they? Right. As Lee Corso might say, not so fast, my friend. Well done. Um, because apparently there is there a building consensus on the left that there is a constitutional loophole that means that the Democrats do not have to transmit the articles of impeachment to the Senate basically until they want to. And that as long as you don't transmit the articles to the Senate, then – McConnell cannot conduct his show trial which will almost inevitably result in an acquittal for Donald Trump. So the thought is that you withhold those articles until McConnell agrees to do call witnesses, call Bolton, have a fair trial some yeah. some concession from Mitch McConnell. Um, in terms of political strategy, I'm fine with it. Like, I, look, this seems smarter than the alternative in my mind. You know, I mean, this is. And McConnell has no leg to stand on. He held up the Garland nomination for 293 days. Like McConnell has no leg to stand well, on. And,
0: and that's an excellent point because I think that is the most on point analogy to what Tribe is trying to say. Tribe's argument is even though obviously what the Constitution assumes is that. Once these things have been passed, then it goes to the Senate like that is assumed to be the natural flow. But it was also assumed for 200 years that the natural flow of a president saying this person is nominated for the Supreme Court was that the Senate would at least make a decision on whether or not that person should be on the Supreme Court as opposed to just doing nothing. So McConnell's decision there is actually the most on point analogy, I
1: think, to what to so the whole argument here that you don't have to mm-hmm. have to submit the article. So again, strategically, I'm with it. Legally, and this is where this is where I get into the tribe's argument, right? Like, so Professor Lawrence Tribe has has tried to kind of put some legal grist on this mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and his core argument, which you can read about in the Washington Post, where he wrote an op-ed, is that it is wrong for commentators, pundits, politicians to ask where is the specific constitutional power through which the House of Representatives can withhold the articles. The question is, where is the relevant constitutional language that stops them from doing that, right? right. So his view of the Constitution is not as a document that we need to look at to, to allow us to have powers. It's a document that only kind of exists to restrain us. And if the Constitution doesn't say, no, you can't, then guess what? Yes, you can. Now, again, intellectually... I'm there, right? Because I don't like the federal society. I don't like constitutional textualism. I believe in the core concept of limited government, and that is not anything that was told to you by Paul Ryan or Ronald Reagan. The core concept of limited government is that the people can do everything but for these specified things that we allow the government to do. Right, and so I agree, kind of intellectually, that the core concept of limited government suggests that if there is not a constitutional prohibition, then it is de facto allowable and legal. See, however,
0: yeah, I think that well, I I will say I think before your however, I take a very different stance on the negative nature of the Constitution. I think that is true. That is a fair interpretation of how the Constitution, what the Constitution means to the citizenry. That if it doesn't ban you from doing something, then you get to do it, sort of. That's part of that social contract. The institutions created by the Constitution that wouldn't exist but for the Constitution, say Congress or presidencies or something like that, I think are actually very much bound by what is affirmatively in the Constitution. But that's that's my sense.
1: That actually works with my however because – Okay, yeah. Because I think the argument falls apart and where it falls down is that if you're saying that you don't need an affirmative grant of power from the Constitution to do something, I think exactly as you put it as an institutional body right then legally what you're saying it's that it's that everything is about raw political power that everything everything just devolves to can you politically pull it off or can't you that, that and that thought process to me is fundamentally lawless. Yeah, like no, the, I mean the whole the, the very concept of living under a, a nation of laws kind of requires that you need something more than raw strength in order to institutionally accomplish something. And tribe's argument in this particular case cuts against that kind of core value of the rule of law.
0: Yeah, well, welcome to the body of work of Mark Tushnet. Uh, <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, this has been a th- an area in which some critical legal scholars have been very active for quite some time in suggesting that there really are no norms to any of this and that it's all kind of a mythology. But it's a mythology that may be a, arguably a helpful myth. And it's one that, from my perspective, I think even if I were to agree that Tribe is right, I would be doing so by agreeing that McConnell was right to not have any vote on Garland, which I think was actually incorrect. And so I'm going to take the stance that both of those things are wrong. But
1: right. You agree with the kind of core concept that kind of either they're both wrong or they're both right. But what yes. certainly is not true is that one was right and one's
0: wrong. One's that wrong. is
1: absolutely correct.
0: Yeah. Yes, I, I could be persuaded that they were both right. However, I have thought quite a lot about the first half and concluded that it was not right. So I think that I a hard sell on this one being right.
1: I think they're both wrong. I, I agree. I think that since what I don't think yeah. is, is that I'm not in this like, well, two wrongs don't make a right. Nah, fuck you. Like well. you, you want to play this game, McConnell, then you mess with the bulls, you get the horns. So like, okay, I don't have a, I don't have a problem as Elliot Ness might say, I don't have a problem becoming what I beheld. Right. All right. Like I am willing to like break laws that I have vowed to uphold if that makes me get Capone. And so I, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 ul- going to go there.
0: Ultimately, he f- largely failed in all that, and it was just a tax evasion count that got Capone. So it's like he did all those things and kind of broke down the rule of law, and then ultimately didn't succeed.
1: There's this movie you should watch. It's
0: yeah, Ant- I, I'm familiar, but um, like it's it's really good. The movies excellent but the movie's argument is largely that ness was responsible for the tax thing right. which was more handled independently of a lot of the blowing up distilleries that
1: he was doing but, yeah. but move on in the movie yes in the movie they make now What's of youth that's do you right they they do tie i don't the know why i just made him like super scottish there that was that was completely wrong that was i made him sound like fucking uh groundskeeper willie which was not my intention. I apologize, Sean Connery. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I assume he's listening. <laughs> so that's where I come down. Since McConnell has already crossed this Rubicon, I am willing to, to cross with him to get him. But intellectually, philosophically, constitutionally, I think this is wrong in the same way that, I think yeah. that what McConnell did to Merrick Garland was wrong. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, it, I think it's hard to separate the two. And... It's just a question of do you see a value in perpetuating norm breaking to accomplish something in the short term or do you think that there is a long-term greater problem with norm breaking, which well, is where I'm more concerned.
1: I think we're, but this is where we constantly conflict because I say yeah. once the norms are broken, they're gone.
0: Yeah. I mean I, th- there is certainly a theory that democratic – Backslide is a one-way street, and that no civilization has ever come back for that. I'm not entirely sure that that's Rome all did that it. fair. I mean, well, Rome didn't really come back from it, right? I like, say like Rome
1: didn't. Yeah,
0: Rome, did no, not. Okay, sorry. I thought you were saying did it. Fair enough. That's an excellent example of one that was unable to come back. You know, we'll see. Unless you take a long enough view of it and say that after kings they they went and like, but whatever. After kings and then popes. And then yeah, right. right. I, so it's... There's
1: no, it, no, take, it, there's no take back in global geopolitical politics.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is certainly difficult to believe that there's an easy way back. I, I am one of those people who believes that there are ways in which you can affect change without saying they did X so we will do X or even they did X so we will do not X. I think there are, we've had a, conversation about this on the podcast before, script flipping issues where you can take an action that kind of robs the other side of the ability to game it in a way that then could can, can set a new norm. A good example that we've talked about before is filibusters. Rather than say, we should have a filibuster, we should not have a filibuster, have a game where the filibuster just carries with it a bunch of onerous extra stuff. You actually have to talk. You can't just say it by fiat and move on with your day, those actual repercussions would then fit into the existing norm, but in a way that would prevent it from being abused, because it now has extra baggage. I think there are other areas of these norms that are being broken that can be affected that way, where we can think creatively to change the script of what they mean in ways that are positive. But That's a hard job, but, you know, all this is hard. And doesn't it almost require two sides to be willing to play ball here? I mean, it requires something. Uh, Part of it, though, and part of where norms, I think, if you are willing to play the norms game, have value, is you can apply pressure from a kind of appeal to the people sort of situation. You can appeal to folks to say, a good example of this is like term limit sorts of legislation, which... Nobody actually wanted, but people who wanted to get term limits, in particular at the time, it was like the 90s '90s Republicans who were trying to dislodge institutional benefits that Democrats had had for a long time in the House of Representatives. It's not like the Republicans wanted to be kicked out on term limits either, but they started seeing a populace that was largely because it was ill-informed saying term limits are great, and they jumped on that. There's ways in which you can think outside the box and then use – popular support because they found that there were Democrats who were supporting term limits, even though it was purely not in their interest, Mm. but because they were appealing to this idea of a norm, it would get corrupt people out of Washington. It would cause turnover. You could get that change to happen. And so I think there is a, a room and a space for people to think creatively about how to do things and that if they did so could potentially bring in support from un. You know, uncharacteristic sectors. Uh, One example that we also have talked about is the Supreme Court and how to reform the courts. Court packing just invites more court packing, but an issue where we could follow the term limit model uh, has some support among some conservative sectors, even. Ted Cruz has been on record saying he would support a term limits. View If he is representative of some of the Tea Party-esque individuals out there, there is a way in which Democrats could potentially change this forever by teaming up with them, getting a term limit system in where two justices per president, it would be – demographically, you would see that being more favorable
1: to Democrats long term. I mean I think you need carrots and sticks. I mean I think that that what you're talking about is fundamentally the carrot mm. to try to bring the other side along. What I'm talking about is actually sharpening the goddamn sticks for once.
0: Another – I mean I hear – another example is how gerrymandering has been dealt with in a lot of areas, and the Supreme Court has still held up some of this. So it's not done, but it was four years. Republicans gerrymandered. Democrats take over and gerrymander back. Democrats shifted to why don't we have independent commissions? Lo and behold, there's – there's some appeal among normal people for, yeah, I don't see why an independent commission is not a good idea. People who may not be Democrats saying, yeah, I mean, why not? That seems fair. And it's become harder and harder in some states, Arizona being one that passed a ballot measure about this, while still a predominantly Republican state, even – in that world, several voters who were Republican voters voted for the idea. It would be better to have independent commissions because it just felt fair.
1: Yes, but that only works if you're if you're offering them the choice. You can either have an independent commission, or we, as the Democrats who are now in charge, will gerrymander you out of existence. Right? What, what I don't want to see. In fairness, it was what, a
0: ballot measure, and the Democrats had not taken what, over, so it actually was the what, opposite. What I don't yeah. want
1: to see is Democrats who finally get into control in some of these places ahead of the 2020 census. Mm-hmm refuse to gerrymander because that's the right thing to do. No, I mean, that's what they should do. But also do not pass right. ballot measures requiring independent commissions going forward. Right. right? Like, so you can't, like, I, I'm out, I am yes. willing for Democrats not to gerrymander in 2020, but you have to do that in such a way so that Republicans can't just go back and do it you again. Have, you have to attempt to flip the script. Right. Yes.
0: It is all about that script flipping, as I called it. I don't know if that's a term that someday maybe that'll be in a political science textbook. I don't know. I'm sure somebody else has thought of something similar to what I'm saying, but uh, anyway, so that's that. It's a good place to end it. I think so, too. Happy New Year, guys. Indeed. So, yeah, well, we'll have one more show before the new year, but uh, Ellie won't be on it, so that's why uh, he's saying that now, but you will hear the dulcet tones of my voice one more time this decade, I guess. I mean, technically, I think decades and centuries are supposed to start on the one as opposed to the zero, but whatever. We'll just call it the decade. Everyone else does you know no i think no because there's no year zero right, right so, so everything starts on ones which is why like 2001 was actually the beginning of the new millennium not, not 2000, 2000 because yeah, of, yeah, but right. but nobody thinks of it that way so anyway whatever uh thanks for listening you should be subscribed to the show you should leave reviews uh stars and write things up it helps move up the algorithm the The various podcast agencies do for uh, categorizing us. You should be reading Above the Law, obviously. You should be following at LENYC and at Joseph Patrice on Twitter. Listen to the other shows of the Legal Talk Network as well as the Jabot, which is Catherine Rubino's show uh, working with us here at Above the Law. And you should – there's usually one other thing I say here, but instead I'm just going to say – Other Legal Talk Network shows. I I thought I did just say the Legal Talk Network shows as well as the Jabot. But yeah, no, and check out Logical, who sponsored the show, and take care of your turtle. Peace. If you'd like more information about what you have heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook.